Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Welcome back to The Call-Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host, Arm Layton, and in today's episode, we have a couple great interviews with two very good prospects, one that is one of my favorites and another one that impressed me out there in the Fall League. That's Jackson Merrill, shortstop prospect with the Padres, and Tyler Hardman, corner infield prospect with the Yankees. Merrill, someone who I talked about before I went to the Fall League, is somebody that I really wanted to see a lot, so I was very excited to not only see him play, but also get a chance to talk to him for a little bit before one of the ball games and pick his brain a little bit as one of the younger players out there and another guy that really doesn't have that many professional games under his belt. He even said in the interview that he wasn't expecting to go to the Fall League, and I'm sure that the injury that he ended up suffering during the season, the wrist injury that cut his regular season short a bit, resulted or at least factored into the decision to send him out to the Fall League to get some more reps, and I think he's handled it all really well, and you'll really like what you hear from him in the conversation, especially if you're a Padres fan. He sounds way ahead of his years and has a really good idea of who he wants to be as a player. That's somebody that I went into the Fall League, though, expecting to see and looking forward to hopefully talking to. Hardman was somebody that caught my attention when I got there and was really impressive with the power he put on display both in batting practice and then in games. I mean, in batting practice, you see him working the whole field, going the other way with authority, and then, of course, the pull side power is ridiculous. And then in game, I see him just launch one, a no-doubt or opposite field that got way out of the yard. So that kind of prompted me to do a little bit more digging. And Hardman is somebody that I saw over in the Cape League years ago when he was with Oklahoma and he really put it together in his senior season hitting nearly 400 at Oklahoma and tapping into the power. He's always had the exit velos. We saw him start to tap into the power with eight home runs in the Cape League and then now is really starting to tap into it much more and we talk about his ability to go oppo a little bit in my conversation with him in that second interview as well but what really stood out to me is how effortless the power is for Hardman. He's 6'3", 215 pounds. But his swing is just geared for carry, and the ball just flies off of his bat. Of course, that's in the Arizona Fall League. you got to take everything with a grain of salt a little bit with the way that the ball flies. But this is something that he has done all year, especially with the ability to drive the ball with authority to the opposite field. I was looking at that afterwards because I was like, this looks like something he does very well and very comfortably. And then again, in the interview, he talks about it was something that you know he had done since he was a kid, that his dad always had him working on using the whole field. 
If you look at the spray charts, 11 of his 24 home runs this year, that's including the Fall League, have gone to the opposite field. So that is really interesting because you you hope that he reaches the big leagues, right? You hope that he reaches Yankee Stadium. And with the power that he has the other way, he had nearly 10 doubles to the opposite field that would have been gone at Yankee Stadium. So this is somebody that would play perfectly into the ballpark. Of course, you got to get there. But I think Hardman took some big steps in that direction in regards to getting there and climbing through the minor leagues. I like the way that he approaches the game. Another guy that in our conversations only helped my perspective on him as an overall player, you know, just with the way that he thinks and the way that he really plays the game overall. Uh, But you look at what he did this year. Of course, there's some swing and miss. He's a big dude. He struck out 30% of the time in high A, but he also hit 22 home runs and was able to play a little bit at both corners, which is interesting because I know he really does want to play third base and really feels like he can play third base. Made majority of his starts at third, and I saw him make a couple good plays there you know, in the fall league. So if he's able to play even an average third base, that helps his profile a lot. He's going to need to be a bit more patient if he wants to you know, hedge some of that swing and miss concern because the 30% strikeout rate, it can be palatable if he's going to hit for as much power as he is capable of, but he's also going to need to walk more. Only a 9% walk rate in high A is a little bit concerning, especially when you consider the fact that his chase rates are a little bit high, close to 30% there. There's going to be some whiff, but at the same time, you're going to get a lot of production from this guy because I do think he can hit enough to be a solid power bat, and if he can play third, that will be a great help as well. He's 23 years old, so he's going to start the year in double A next year, and that'll be a really big test for him. It's really going to be all about whether he can hit enough and I think we'll find that out pretty quickly next season in Double A. Uh, but again, this, these fall league reps I think are very important for him, and he talks about building confidence and all of those things as well. One last point on Jackson Merrill before I kick to the interview too. I was very eager to talk to him about you know the added strength and the added just physicality while still having the athleticism. If anything, he feels like he actually added more athleticism with how much he strengthened his legs. And we always hear about guys putting on muscle and how that can result in slowing down. And yes, generally speaking, that is true. But Julio Rodriguez, I know he's a freak, but Julio Rodriguez was somebody that put on some more weight, but also put on weight in the right areas and got stronger, more flexible, and actually got faster. He got faster. As we can see, the run times in the big leagues, I think sometimes with some of it, scouts were a little bit uh, undersold on his speed, but I also think he did add a step or two in terms of his speed because of the strength that he added to his lower half and the explosiveness, the quick twitch. That's something that you can tap into. You can tap into more explosiveness and twitch. Rodriguez did that. Merrill seems like he's adding strength without compromising his quickness, his explosiveness, and his twitch. And the defense really stood out to me there too. His actions, how quick his feet move now. He talks about how, again, I don't want to ruin the whole interview, but he talks about how His hands have always been there for him, and you can definitely see how he is more and more confident with his range, his athleticism, and his strength. If this kid continues on the track, I think he is. He's going to be a top 20 prospect in baseball uh, by the end of next season. I really do believe that. Hopefully he can stay healthy and continue to build the way he is, and I think he will. Uh, So Jackson Merrill and Tyler Hardman coming up in a second. One last little disclaimer, too. Uh, I know the audio quality is not the best in the world. Obviously, these interviews were done in person, you know, on the field with music blaring in the background. I talked to Tyler Hardman in the tunnel. That wasn't much better. I tried my best in post-production to eliminate some of the echo, eliminate some of the background noise. Uh, Just know when it comes to player interviews, if you're new to the podcast, the long-form player interviews 
these are always going to be high audio quality. Uh, they're always going to be uh, a lot easier to listen to. But of course, when we're on the field, when we're you know getting this kind of access and able to catch up with players on the spot for five or ten minutes, you got to do the best with what you've got. And I still think it came out really good, and I hope you enjoy it. Without further delay, here are the interviews with Jackson Merrill and Tyler Hardman. Here with Jackson Merrill, shortstop prospect in the San Diego Padres organization. Jackson, congratulations on a good year. I know you didn't get to play as many games as you wanted, but in the games you played, you were awesome. What was working for you this year, and what did you feel like really clicked after rookie ball last season, just kind of taking it to another level in low A? Uh, I feel like I developed my body pretty well over the offseason, kind of came back ready to ready to play for a longer amount of time. Um, I'd also say my approach to play got a lot better since rookie ball. I was more relaxed, more calm, waiting for my pitch up there. Really good environment where I was playing in Lagos. It was a really good environment. And same here. It's a really good environment in Fall League. So you had that taste in rookie ball. I mean, kind of got your feet under you a little bit. But what do you think was the the big thing on the physical side of things that really resonated for you? Because I saw several at-bats where you saw big-time impact. I think people started to realize, wait, this guy's a lot more power in the tank than maybe we thought in the draft process. Was it putting on weight in, in the weight room? Was it adjustments in the box with your lower half? Was it a little bit of everything? What kind of made that big jump for you power-wise? I'd say it was definitely a little bit of both. I'd say in the offseason – did really good work on my legs, kind of got them a little bigger, a little stronger than they were in, in the previous years. Um, I'd also say a little bit of my swing, though. It's the same swing I've got since I was born, but it's really just more my lower half being involved and not not pulling off the baseball stand through the baseball to center field more. So how do you find the balance of you know tapping into more of that power while also still being that good hitter that was a big reason why you got drafted so high was everybody was so impressed with just the bat-to-ball skills. And how do you balance those two as you continue to grow as a player? I mean, I feel like with with my approach, it's kind of just set on a certain, certain part of the zone that I want to hit a pitch in. It doesn't really matter if it's curveball or fastball, just whoever, if it's, if it's there, I want to swing. But with two strikes, I kind of like, get the corners a little more and really try to put the barrel on the ball no matter what. How about left on left? Is that something that you've had a comfort with through most of your amateur career? And how was that adjustment through professional lefties facing those kind of guys? I mean, you hear a lot of the guys just go like, oh, it's a lefty in the pen. Like, I don't want to face a lefty. Like, some of us say that too, but I feel like over the time, you just adjusted to it. And it's just another pitcher out there. It's just coming from a different side of the plate. Defensively, you looked really impressive over the season. Just got to see you take a little infield outfield. Looks great there. Uh, how much is the strength and, and you know athleticism that you've been able to continue to add, how much have you seen that translate into the field? Or have you felt like the glove's always been there for you? I mean, I feel like my, my glove, my hands have always been there for me, but I feel like my first step and a lot of my throwing powers come from the weight I put on, the lifting I did over the offseason. And going into next season now, you, you were able to get those 45 games in, in low A. It was a wrist injury, right, that cut the season short yeah. a little bit. How did you get back from that? Obviously, hampers the swing a little bit. And now you're back here just getting more at-bats under your belt. What's your focus to kind of get ready for presumably high A next year and beyond? Um, really just same thing. Go work all, work all offseason. Just lift, get a little stronger, keep the speed. Swing can use a, little, a few touches, but honestly, the same swing that God's been working for me, so I'm going to keep it until it doesn't. What kind of player do you envision yourself being? You know, Because, again, I, I always go back to how off oftentimes we are with the, with the draft reports and what we think a player is going to be as a high schooler versus what they end up becoming. And I, I know you, you talked about the, the physicality about it. I think you've grown a little bit, too, from some of the reports that I've read. And what player do you see yourself as now, still being that same guy that you said has been there for you with the hands, with the bat, but also now growing into much more impact, athleticism, speed, and all of these things that you can blend there? Yeah, I feel like all those things piled on top, like the maturity I've got on the baseball field now, it really helps me a lot. Like, no matter how the game outcome is, really just 
take that, learn from it, and move on into the future. It really doesn't have to do with my speed or my agility or my power. Really, just the mental side, like just staying locked in and doing what I need to do. And, and do you have uh, something that you kind of shoot for in this fall league? What are you focused on trying to develop here and uh, really kind of get going? I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be here in the season, <laughs> so honestly, I'm just here to play. I mean, I obviously want to win still. That's what mango always, but I'm just here to play baseball. Speaking of winning, the, the big league team, the Padres, making it down to, to the final wire here, chance to make it to the World Series. Obviously, you're busy, you're playing, but I'm sure you've been keeping tabs. How cool has that been to follow? And no, you have something to work towards, which is a really good ball team that's going to still be good by the time you get there. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to see Machado and all the guys up there really grinding, putting it all together at the final stage, just trying to get to the World Series, trying to get that first rank for the Padres. But I also want to be up there helping them, so I'm kind of excited for the future. Is there a player that Padres or another team that you've kind of looked up to since you were a kid or that you wanted to emulate your game after a little bit? Um, I'd say Dustin Pedroia was one of the <laughs> players I really looked at because he was just always gritty, like always aggressive on the field, really wanted to be there, really wanted to play and win. Love it. Well, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the fall league and next year. I appreciate it. Thank you. Here with the Yankees prospect, Tyler Hardman. Tyler, you had a really good season power-wise. You've continued to show the power in the Arizona Fall League. Got a taste of double-A before you got here, and now you're able to just get more at-bats under your belt. What's been a big focus for you now that you've been able to do what you do well and now just trying to find that consistency? Yeah, I mean, consistency is what every athlete, especially baseball, um, wants to work for because that's the hardest part of what we do especially um, in the box. But, you know, a lot of environment changes have been made in the last couple of months for me. But um, I think that's the best part. I think that's the good to experience is playing in different, playing different parts, playing with different crowds, different different jerseys. And I think that stuff's going to help me next year have that comfortability going back to Somerset, you knowing that I've been there before, um, different kind of sense of home to go to another new spot. But uh, just moving around um, – Giving me that experience is, is definitely helping a lot. What was what was the biggest learning curve for you going from college to pro? Because it, your final college season, you put up video game numbers. I saw you on the Cape. You put up big time power numbers there. But it was it was the consistency in that final college season, then getting into pro ball, where again you put up good numbers, but it was obviously a lot harder yeah. to, to to be able to do what you did in college. What was the biggest adjustment for you uh, as you kind of got at? acclimated to professional baseball uh professional baseball is a lot more on your own uh you're doing a lot more um what people don't see is like the mental game of playing every day um pro ball gets you to know yourself quite a bit um college introduces some of that to you but when pro ball you're definitely you have a lot of resources and you got to learn how to go day to day with your own body your own feels everything like that so what a lot of people don't see is uh and what you can't see is the mental game that's going on in between the lines what really stands out to me is, of course, the powers to all fields, but specifically the other way, the backside homer. I saw that was my first game here, but I've seen you go the other way with authority. What enables you to do that? And is that something that you know is in your approach or is that something that your swing has always just been able to be geared towards? Uh, I definitely worked on it a lot when I was a kid. Um, something that looking back, I thank my dad for it. Um, you know, as a kid, it's not fun to be the guy going the other way. You no. want to pull it and hit it high and far, but... Um, my dad always made it a point, um, knowing that it was going to be a big part of like big part of the game, and it helps me uh, all the time now. Um, I'm able to use it quite a bit. Um, it's something I can use in my approach because a lot of pitchers want to work that way. Um, something that kind of works for me, but uh, it's definitely definitely a staple in my game that um, makes me know I'm in the right spot. 
Were there any specific uh, things that in your approach or with your swing that you were looking to improve on through the season or now in the fall league that you're here getting some more ABs uh, or is it more just getting getting more reps under you? I get more reps um, and, you know, coming to a place like these is um, what they really should do is just feed you confidence um, going into the next year. But, um, you know, my goal is just to, you know, go out there and make sure I'm playing the game the way I like to play it, play it hard, don't, don't go half energy at any time. But um, building that confidence of what I do in the box and uh, be better about trying to work on little tweaks here and there because at the end of the day, it's all the game is so much more mental than it is um, what you're doing physically. So just having that confidence of knowing I'm prepared enough before the game and just make sure I'm playing the game. Can you talk a little bit about some of those pregame preparation things that you, you've maybe learned? I know the Yankees organization is phenomenal preparing their hitters. We see it time and time again as guys like yourself just continue to produce at the minor league level. You got your teammate here, Jason Dominguez, who put up a phenomenal season and really just took another leap as well. And I could list a, a dozen guys that did the same thing. You mentioned being on your own. That's part of it. But also, how, how do you balance that of like what they give you, how you prepare and what you've learned, I guess, on your own in that pregame preparation? Yeah. So one thing uh, that they taught us right when we got drafted was you need, you need to have your routines. You need to have something that you do every day that gets you locked in for the day. And uh, being on your own is more of you're fighting against your own thoughts and everything day to day. But we have so many great coaches helping us all the time, um, offering feedback and stuff like that. But um, they made it known that if you have a good routine day to day, you stick with those things that get you ready for the game, that, um, that'll, that'll help you out more than anything. Lastly, defensive side of things. You made a great play the other day at third. I mean, I, I tweeted, it was, I think, the first five to two double play I've ever seen in my life. You tagged third, got the throw at home. That's something that, you know, I, I, I was excited to see you playing a little bit of third. You played a little bit of first this year, too, right? Yeah. That, what have you been working on defensively? What's been a focus for you there? And uh, how are you feeling with the glove? Uh, I really enjoy playing third. Um, and honestly, it's just another way to get in the lineup. Um, I just want to be, be able to play all over the field, help the team out in any way I can. But uh, I definitely enjoy going back to third base, um, being more versatile. Um, but it's definitely definitely more fun um, just trying to make plays and do stuff what I can for the team around the field. Are there any specific things defensively that you focus on? Any cues, any things that you want to get a little bit better at? Um, and, and some things that you think maybe work in your favor to why you could stick at the hot corner and be a good third baseman? Uh, I mean, my work ethic is always going to help me out. Um, I'm going to outwork everybody until until I can't. So um, uh, I just want to, you know, just be well-rounded. I don't want to be good one way, good the other way. I want to be able to convert um, plays from both sides of the field. So just kind of, kind of just use my work ethic to my advantage and go out there and I'll work. Last question. Everybody here is wearing their their big league team jerseys or some, you know, spinoff of it. It's it's hard to beat the pinstripes, and it's got to be pretty cool to have those pinstripes on. What does that feel like? And also, while you're rocking these pinstripes, you're watching the Yankees. They are down 2-0, but you're watching the Yankees in the ALCS right now. Uh, what is it like being able to put that, that Yankee jersey on, even in this Arizona Fall League type of setting? And what's it been like watching that team compete at the highest level with some of the best players in the game? Uh, definitely putting these these uniforms on is something different. Um, it's something that you got to take a lot of pride in and really appreciate it. Um, something that me and my dad were talking about right when I got drafted is just the most most well known and highly touted uh, franchise in almost any sport. Yeah. Uh, so being able to wear these is, is like is a true honor. And uh, another thing that just gives you confidence that they're allowing us to wear these. Um, 
And same thing, um, watch those guys play up top. Um, they've gone through everything that we have, and they have those routines and everything like that. So going down two games is nothing. Not at all. <laughs> Last one, actually. Power guy that you like to watch. Because, again, you have some of that unteachable power. Is there anybody outside of Aaron Judge? I feel like that's a common answer. Mm-hmm. But is there anybody that you grew up emulating or wanting to emulate or someone that you draw from? Maybe it's not even a power hitter. Yeah, um, I like to, I don't know, I like to focus on, like, I guess the game as a whole when I model my game around someone. Um, you know, watching I watched Donaldson a lot growing up. Ironically, now he's with the Yankees, and I'm playing third as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's working out to watch him a little bit. Um, but I like the versatility of a lot of players like Chris Bryant or someone like that to, that has the power to all the fields. He's shown it a lot, but he's also versatile on the field just to get in line and help his team out even more. Love it. So just as a whole, I want I like finding um, people that play the game uh, strong all the way around and model around that. So I'm not just one way. Got it. Well, thank you so much for the time, Tyler. Best of luck the rest of the way. No problem. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed those two interviews with Jackson Merrill and Tyler Hardman out from the Fall League. Uh, that'll pretty much do it for most of the interview-type coverage from the Fall League. Of course, I'll be discussing whatever is going on in the prospect world, and right now that is continued play in the Arizona Fall League, continuing to get you whatever numbers, info I can, and whatever looks that I can get. Of course, I wish I could have stayed out there for the entire league, but we got the World Series going on, and we're really excited about that at JustBaseball.com and everything going on at Just Baseball Media. Of course, reminder to check out the Just Baseball show where we will be covering the World Series and the off season and everything in between as we go. Also very excited about the Rule 5 draft coverage we have coming up. I'm continuing to put together this master doc, this master list that will turn into an article uh, and a good guide for you uh, in terms of who the best prospects are in the Rule 5 draft. I've talked about why I think this is going to be the most loaded Rule 5 draft maybe we've ever seen because of now two years worth of players that we're going to have in this after the Rule 5 draft was canceled last year, but also there's just as much talent in the minor leagues really as ever plus you have the covid cancellation in 2020 of just the season overall so like there's a lot of things factoring in here slowing players development not having the rule five draft so now you have two classes worth and all of these things in between that really cause this to be a loaded 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 rule five draft class it's gonna be one of the first times where every once in a while we see some good rule five picks but i think we're gonna see several impactful prospects you know going in this rule five draft to say the very least so we will definitely be covering that as well if you enjoy this podcast please be sure to subscribe leave a rating and let us know how we're doing and help me grow this thing with those ratings it always helps of course a review if you're on apple podcasts as well the second the world series is over i will also be dropping more top 10 prospect lists by team so keep an eye out for that and of course we're gonna have more long form interviews with some pretty exciting prospects throughout the offseason and in the coming weeks as well. Some names in the works right now that I think you all will be very amped about. I know that I am, and you will find out very soon. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at RMWaitNate to keep up with that as well. That'll do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the World Series. I hope you all had a safe and fun Halloween, and happy November to all of you. We will talk to you later this week on more prospects. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.